Hey folks, welcome back to this week's episode of our podcast, Refining Religion. Man, I really hope this uh, episode finds you in good health and happiness as summer is in mid-force here. We've had a hot few weeks here, but what a beautiful, beautiful time to get out, walk around, get some fresh air. Hey, this week, uh, Verlin and I are talking about kindness. We're about halfway through our series on Fruit of the Spirit, and we just talk a little bit about everything. So take a listen, and uh, real quick, I wanted to say that I have left my position at Peace Church, uh, and so therefore the email that I always publish uh, on this um, kind of channel is no longer good. Uh, so if you do well, want to contact me about any th- topics that you'd like to see us covered or any, or any notes, uh, you may do so by contacting me at Cameron underscore Bullock at Outlook.com. I'll be sure to post that in the podcast notes below. All right, take a listen. All right, well, welcome back to our podcast. Verlin, good morning. You dying in the heat yet? Yeah, I'm starting to melt a little bit. Uh, it's a little ridiculous out there. How are you doing? Oh, I am just dandy. Montana is breezy. It is cool. I am fine. That's why you're wearing a sweatshirt, huh? That's Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, then. <laughs> yeah, just- ouch. Ouch. <laughs> uh, hey, man, listen, um, we've talked a lot about current climate in the world. We've talked about patience, talked about peace, talked about love. I think it's only time that we talk about uh, my favorite fruit of the spirit, which is kindness. Uh, yeah, it is a good one. Um, <clears throat> a couple of things happened to me right away when I saw the word. You probably don't even remember the name of Glenn Campbell. Of course. Did a, you do? Okay. Yeah. He did a song called Try a Little Kindness, and it was a pretty big hit. I thought maybe that you and I could sing a couple uh, uh, lines of that at the end of this today. What do you think? That sounds great. That sounds great. I, I, I don't think that would be very kind to our listeners. <laughs> no, no, not if they have headphones on or any sort of listening device, really. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I always think of... My mom has a hat that says, kind people are my kind of people. <laughs> oh, yeah. good one. Good yeah. one. Uh, but what a weird um, what a weird time to be talking about kindness. It's different uh, than, you know, we've talked about respect for one another. It's, you know, it's different than that. It doesn't quite go hand in hand. It's self-motivated, but it's also, you know, you're thinking about your neighbor. There just has so many components to it that it's pretty difficult to actually break down uh, why kindness is a thing, you know, why you should do kindness. And then where is your motivation? Is it uh, a self-motivated thing? Are you doing it really for the love of your neighbor? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's complicated. Uh, as you're describing, I think almost everything that you said is true. <laughs> it's all of those things. Um, but to be kind, in my thinking anyway, starts with a, a deep sense of personal self-satisfaction. I can't be kind uh, to others until I'm feeling pretty good about myself, generally speaking. Um, I can do things that seem kind, but then I get suspicious of motivations. Um, all of us have been about around people who do all these kinds of kind things and then are surprised when there comes a a request from them or a situation with them that seems really awkward. So I think pure kindness starts without uh, any deep-seated hidden agendas or motivations. It comes at kind of a natural place out of a a contented heart, if you will. Um, And it takes a lot of effort to be kind, really, because kindness involves setting aside maybe some of your own agenda and really thinking hard about 
what to this other person, you have to know them well enough, I guess, what would be kind for them? Because what I think might be kind for me may not be kind for them. Yeah, that goes along with what you say about how you should never help people, but you should care for them. Yeah. Kind of seems like that there's a a correlation there. But something you said that you don't, you know, you you can't uh, effectively practice kindness unless you have the personal self-satisfaction. I feel a complete 180 where on my worst days, I feel the need to go above and beyond for random strangers uh, more than myself because, and that is a purely self-motivated thing. It's because I feel good about it. But I also think that, uh, you know, if someone's, it's, it's on my worst days that I think if someone's having a bad of a day as I am, what is the littlest thing that I can do to just make it better? So it's like, like yesterday we were in town and I mean, I wasn't having a bad day. I was having a fine day. And this, uh, uh, this woman had to carry three bags of very large dog food to her car. And I just said, Oh, you know, I'll help. Like, I'll I'll carry some dog food with you. So I carried two of the dog pads and, and it was just, uh, you know, just to be nice. And then we got back in the store and when we, when my girlfriend and I were going to check out, we were given like a 25% discount because the person at the register had watched that. Huh. It's like little things like that that I think uh, just uh, really resonate throughout your day of, hey, I helped somebody and I got helped. Yeah, I I probably stated that a little too strongly earlier. I also subscribe to the notion of, you know, sometimes you have to fake it until you make it. (laughs) Um, If you're not feeling kind, sometimes doing kind behaviors uh, transforms your feelings. And so I, I get that too. Um, I think probably I'm, I'm thinking in a, in a purest kind of way that, uh, you know, when I do acts of kindness, who's going to get the most out of this, the other person or me, and can we both benefit from it without it being using each other? Um, it's complicated. It's complicated. And I agree with what you say. Sometimes it'll put you in a good mood and make you feel better about yourself. Uh, there's a, a school of thought in psychology that he actually talks about developing our capacity to use others and be used by others. And what the psychologist was suggesting is that every relationship we have triggers memories for us and causes us to evaluate who we are a little bit. And sometimes we have to work out our stuff with another person. For example, if you have father issues there might be another male person that you can work out some of those issues with and you're using them uh, and they may be using you because they didn't have a a kid and they're kind of parenting you. And the psychologist says, as long as you're conscious of that behavior, there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, it's healthy. All that's to say that being kind to others sometimes helps us work out our own issues and that's not a bad thing. Okay. So you know, in the lens of kindness, is it bad to do an act of kindness that is self-motivated? Because isn't it, I mean, isn't it twofold? You know, someone is getting something out of it and so are you. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I just think that it's, um, you know, one of my favorite phrases that I've probably said a few times already is what you're not conscious of, you tend to become victim of. So all I'm saying, um, let's let's stay conscious of why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, if we don't understand our motivations behind it, 
um, it may it may come off as disingenuous or or maybe inappropriate at some point. Something that we think is really kind may miss the mark. So uh, sometimes helping people isn't the most helpful thing you can do. Sometimes being kind to them isn't what they're looking for at that particular moment or that form of kindness. And so all I'm trying to to raise here, Cameron, is to get conscious of motivations. It's interesting that we keep coming around to being conscious of what you do it, yeah. in, in a time period where we are filled with so many distractions. So we're not conscious of how we're feeling. You know, it, it, I don't think it's a stretch to say we're pretty numb to our day to day feelings just because there's always something around us to entertain us. And that's, that could be pretty uh, toxic. Is there, you know, I know we've talked about ways that you can be conscious in regards to, you know, other topics on the, on the podcast. Is there kindness specific, uh, you know, should I stop and think about an action before I do it? Should I stop after I do it? Um, yeah. <clears throat> well, I'm going to uh, harken back to my role as an educator for chaplains. Uh, we used an adult education model that is kind of unusual, but I think uh, pretty helpful. It's called action reflection. So we had students pretty unprepared go into patient rooms and visit with patients, have conversations with them, and then they would come back and write down verbatim what they said and what the patient said back and forth. And then including on the sideline, what were you feeling when you said this or when the patient said that? Well, most of us aren't going to do that with our day-to-day living. I understand that. But what I learned from that is that um, acting and then taking time to reflect on what you did and why you did it and what you were feeling and what you were thinking at the time you did what you did is a way to, to get more conscious of why do I always do this or why do I offer help? For example, many times we'd have students say, uh, is there anything I can do for you? Well, you don't mean that because uh, one patient said to one of the students once, yeah, I could use a beer and a pack of cigarettes. (laughs) Well, you did say, is there anything I can do for you? And so learning uh, that a phrase like that is some kind of grandiose way to say, you know, I'm your humble servant and, you know, I'll do anything for you. We don't really mean that. It sounds nice, but it's not true. We won't do it. So uh, just reflecting on situations and especially times where you feel caught or times when you feel like you did something really good to sit down and say, what exactly made that good? Um, Why did I think that was a kind act? And that's work that's, you know, it's work really done best in small groups. I think Cameron, Uh, if there's a place I would lobby for the work of small groups, it's in that area. I, I did this actually once with a, a group here at Peace Church where we met on a regular basis and it was basically a group of uh, spouses, uh, wives, and mothers who uh, reflected on their interactions with their spouses and with their children. That was just a chance to get some feedback. Um, the, the role of a small group is sort of like the, those mirrors in a department store where you can try something on and step in them and there's several angles and sides to them so you can see yourself from several angles. That's what small groups do. They reflect back to you, you know, this is how we experience you. Um, Does that make sense to you? Is that what you intended? Is that what you're hoping for? 
And all of that then helps us check in with our motivations and our intentions. Uh, where, where are they coming from and, and are they helpful? Are they good? Um, do they need to change? Yeah, that would be nice to have, you know, even if, you know, given current climate conditions, you can't, you know, meet in a small group. But if you have a friend that's close to you to, to say to them, hey, how, you know, how do I come off? You know, how yeah. are is my int- my day-to-day intentions? Are they pure? Or, you know, are they what they seem? You know, when we talk about kindness, I always think about the parable of the Good Samaritan. Ah. That's just the first biblical story that comes to my mind. Yeah. What, what uh, hooks you in it especially? Well, there's just, uh, for those of you that don't know, a man, you know, was hurt along a road. Uh, three people passed. The first two uh, basically said, you know, good on you and, and walked away. And the third helped it, What I find most interesting is the two that walked past. And that's to me, a reminder of what I don't want to be. Uh, but then, you know, I'm also met with this very burning, almost guilt of, well, how many times have I not made eye contact with a homeless person <laughs> that's looking for money because I feel guilty. There's just, you know, there's like this weird scale of what is appropriate for kindness. Um, and, and I don't think it's a far stretch to say that kindness and loving your neighbor go hand in hand. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Uh, totally true. And, and um, kindness can be a big thing, like delaying your trip to help somebody along the side of the road. And that story, great story. And, and it can be little things too. I, uh, was reminiscing when we were talking about kindness um, about a time when we were working as a mother and father here and we were taking a little vacation from Michigan to visit our parents in Iowa and North Dakota and when you come from Michigan you have to go through Chicago and that means you usually have to go through a toll road so we made the decision to to <laughs> I don't like them. Um, we had to make the decision and we talked, Kay and I talked about this, you know, let's, let's uh, show a little kindness to the people around us in the going through the toll roads and have it be a teaching moment for our kids. So we drove through and then we not only paid for our car, but we paid for the one behind us and to watch them catch up to us on the road and honk their horn and wave and smile at us. That was a pretty, pretty cool moment. Now I'm guessing the kids probably forgot about it, but <laughs> most most things like that are uh, caught as much as taught. Yeah. I think the the kindness of of family members, of neighbors, um, and, and it is sometimes as simple as a smile, greeting you with a wave, looking to you, uh, and making eye contact. Those are just acts of respect and kindness that that we we desperately need. Um, if our thir- first thought was, what kind thing could I do for this person today? Uh, it might transform our day a bit. Yeah. And then, you know, how often are we kind to the people who, well, sorry about that, who are most important to us? You know, like, it's so weird that I will go out of my way to be kind to a stranger, but if my girlfriend asked me to go to the grocery store, I like put up a big fuss. 
Yeah, well, uh, all these, uh, the, the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit is uh, how you live at home when nobody else is watching, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Because <laughs> we, we can look better to the rest of the world than we can to our family who knows us best, I think. Uh, so you're right. Um, and it is kind of a concentric circle thing, how we are in our home, how we are maybe in our church or our extended family, in our state, in our country. Um, it, it, it's a ripple effect and practicing it at home is probably the hardest and the most important place to practice. But it's key to a good marriage, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. I was thinking about the fact that I made the bed today, even though it's not my favorite thing to do, but uh, seeing my wife doing stuff for, for meals coming up and treats that we like to eat. It was like, okay, make the stupid bed. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's those little things that really make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And it, it sometimes, uh, makes us feel, uh, uncomfortable or I don't know, but, but it's, but it's still an extension of love. It seems to me all of this stuff about fruit of the spirit is anchored in that first comment that the fruit of the spirit is love. It starts there. What does, what does love cause me to do? And sometimes it's to act kindly towards others. I don't know if we've ever actually talked about the idea behind fruit of the spirit and how that came about and what it kind of means. And since we're halfway through it, we should probably, you know, just give a little bit of, what do you, what do you think is the, I mean, the fruit of the spirit is a very intentional phrase. How do you think this came about? uh, And why do you think this is, you know, as crucial as it is? Well, I suspect that um, the early church and and any of us uh, would wonder, how do I know if I'm uh, a person living in the, in the spirit of God, in how God would live, how God would, um, have us behave? How do I know if that spirit is kind of flowing through me? And Paul is just answering the question with this metaphor to say, well, there's fruit of the spirit. And um, it's important, at least for um, many Greek scholars, to say it's not fruit plural with an S on it. It's just fruit of the spirit. In other words, all of these things are evidence of, of the spirit of God within you. And when you experience them, when you uh, see them in action around you and you find yourself participating in them, that's clear evidence of the Spirit of God uh, living and moving within you. It's kind of a confirmation of this way of life. You know, so much about Christianity is that it's a way of life uh, and uh, how you behave is as important, if not more important than what you believe sometimes here. And so that's what I see. Here's, here's the behavior that is evidence that Christ's spirit, God's spirit is living in you. So for those of you listeners who aren't actively engaged at, at peace, I've left peace church, um, under great circumstances. I'm going back to school in the fall. So I can say this, uh, without fear of being of, of any retribution, if that is true, if, and I 100% believe with you or agree with you that how you behave is different than what you believe. 50% of Christians right now are screwed. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right, there you go. I said it. I said it. There it is. I mean, it is, it is the, the Christian, the label Christian is being misused now in some of the worst ways more than ever. Uh, and I, I genuinely believe that through that, 
<clears throat> through through the the use of the term, we're taking away the emphasis on the spiritual, and we're putting the emphasis on uh, just not so much the denomination because there's so many denominations, but the label of Christian, which is is just 100% what I'm against. I'd rather interact with somebody that is uh, purely spiritual and less religious rather than uh, the other way around. Yeah, uh, it's a fair critique. Um, and that's part of why we're naming this podcast Refining Religion, aren't we? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. It's really about what what does it mean to be religious? What does it mean to be Christian? Um, and, and I think there's a real trap of uh, making sure you have all the beliefs in order and correct. And it doesn't matter how you live your life, <laughs> as long as you believe the right things. Yeah, I also think that there is a there is um, some merit to just attempting to live a good life and understand it all. I mean, it is a there are a lot of concepts and things to grasp in the Bible and in religion as a whole. And I think just the journey alone is worth is worth something. Yeah, I agree, Cameron. Uh, um... I don't know if we've talked about this before, but do you know the word religion, what that word really stands for or means? No, I don't think we've talked about this. No. Okay. So the RE is a part like, you know, if you're going to rework something or redo something, that means you're going to do it over again, right? Or rework it again. So you have to set that aside and then look at the second part of the word, uh, ligion, which is the root word for ligament. Ligaments are the things that connect things. So to reconnect is what religion is all about. It's about reconnecting us to our spiritual roots, to the foundation of the uh, world, in fact, and to the spiritual foundation of our lives. So good religion helps us get in touch and stay in touch with all that's sacred. Wow, we could do a whole uh, we could do a whole podcast just on that. So, you know, maybe we shouldn't view these fruits of the spirit. I mean, I, I, I think it's a great, um, you know, thing to say that it's a benchmark for just kind of checking in with if you're living, uh, you know, appropriately. Uh, but it's also a roadmap to connecting to that foundation that you talked about. I mean, it really is a, hey, here is a perfect roadmap of how to live your life. You, you know, you look at the fruits of the spirit, so look at the Ten Commandments, um, you look at pretty much anything Jesus said. Um, and and that, that's, a, that's a really interesting point. I had no idea that that's what religion meant. Yeah, a friend of mine pointed that out to me once, and I've, I've lived with that for probably 20 years now or more, just thinking about that. What, what is it that reconnects me to God? Um, uh, how, how do I understand that connection? And, and you're right, the, the, it is a, a, a roadmap that on the one hand can feel generic, but I, I've come to understand that as expressed by how Jesus lived his life. Uh, that's what makes sense to me. Um, and um, putting that into practice, uh, trying to model it and trying to, that's, that's the most important thing to me these days is how do we, how do we show, I mean, remember that old song, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Um, it's, it's proving the are living the fruit of the spirit that demonstrates our faith and yeah. is attractive to others. I hope. Yeah. That's a, that's a big part of, of it as well is, you know, are you living in such a way that others would want to follow what you follow? Yeah. 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 It's like, if you're at, if you're like out in public, 
you're like walking at the mall or something, you see a guy eating a cheeseburger, you want to go find that cheeseburger and eat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So make sure that your religion and the way you practice is a big cheeseburger. <laughs> I haven't had breakfast yet, in case you haven't noticed. I was just going to say, I'm starving, man. Stop talking about food. <laughs> or should I say pork tenderloin? Oh, pork tenderloin. Now you're talking about Now we get serious. <laughs> All right. We awesome. might have to wrap this up pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I... I you know, I feel, I feel good about what we talked about. I, I, I really think in this, uh, you know, in this conversation, we, we really covered a lot, but there's some really powerful stuff in here that we might actually have to make a whole separate podcast just on some of the topics we covered today. I'm up for that. Yeah. All right, man. Well, listen, be kind, but you are, so I don't even have to tell you that. <laughs> As are you. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, it sounds like we will. Um, we'll talk to you next week. We're going to tackle. Uh, what are you talking about? Goodness next week. Goodness. Ooh. Ooh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a pretty big one. So. It, it is. Look okay. forward to it. Yeah, me as well. All right, buddy. We will. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sure. Safe travels. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.